0: And good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. Back on my morning drive to work. Hope you all had a great weekend. Better than mine. Had to organize, supervise, and manage this tournament, outdoor soccer tournament it is. And uh, though it was a success, the weather wasn't the best. I'm really tired. For those of you following my program, know that I had suffered an ankle injury a couple months back, and being on my feet that whole day, kind of had me uh, immobilized for the rest of the weekend. i was sore as hell, but hey, we back, back for another work week. After a great weekend, a great UFC fight card. And to be frank, a lot of sports news since my last episode. Uh, First off, I want to apologize. I meant to put out an episode this past Friday. Truth is, I lost the audio. I can't tell you what really happened. I recorded a good 20 minutes recapping the Antonio Brown situation, uh, some of the stuff happening in the NBA, and of course, to talk about that UFC that just happened, but again can't tell you what happened just lost the audio so with that said we back so starting off UFC 241 was this past Saturday and I just got to start by saying it was the best UFC card of the year best UFC card since uh, UFC has been in business with uh, with ESPN and it was a total success The card was great. The main card was great. Even the prelims gave us some great great fights, some great finishes. Overall, I don't have anything bad to say about the card. But we started off with the headliner, the main event. Stipe Miotic reclaims his title as the baddest man on the planet and gains his heavyweight title back. Uh, all props goes to Stipe. He's been telling us all week that he felt he was a better fighter. That he would have his hand raised. That was the outcome. Was he the better fighter? I don't personally think so. So, my take on the fight is as follows. So, Stepe knocks out DC in the fourth round. After making a great adjustment, seeing an opening and hitting DC with some body shots with this left underhook. And he just found the opening and just kept connecting. DC never made the adjustments. And that allowed him a great opening on top with a right hook to the face. And he just followed through on that to finish DC. And now, give himself, puts himself in the conversation. And I think right now, as it stands, he is the greatest heavyweight of all time. And very interesting how the outcome of this fight really makes makes the winner the greatest of all time. We had claimed we had put DC gave that title to DC before that fight and I think Stepe reclaiming his title the way he did makes it a fair statement to say that he just is the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's the most accomplished heavyweight of all time with the most title defenses and now after beating a man who Never lost in the heavyweight division, who's beat legends. He now he now makes himself the greatest of all time. Heavyweight, that is. Now, back to the fight. Um, this is, again, my take, what I saw from DC. I personally think arrogance cost DC this fight. It, it, the first round, DC dominated the first round, took Stipe down with a highlight takedown, I must say. Took Stipe down and simply dominated him. Ground and pound, stayed on top, controlled that whole first round, won it heavy, heavily. I think everybody that's watched DC fought would think that is the winning recipe for, for DC to beat Stipe. And that should have been the game plan. Now to add to that, after the second round, DC barely even went for the takedown and DC stood up striking there was a lot of exchanges between both both guys and and you could hear after the second round that you could hear DC's coach in the corner saying would you please keep your damn hands up and I thought that was very telling uh, because as I was watching the fight, especially second and third rounds, I couldn't help but to cringe a little because I felt that any time DC made himself vulnerable to, to getting to pretty much getting knocked out. Uh, however, DC, there was a lot of striking exchanges between him and Steepy. Uh, it appeared to me that he was getting the better of it all. Uh, he was still able to connect, still able to get in. Steepy was not able to keep DC, um at arm's length with his reach, with his reach advantage, which was a little shocking. And we saw the outcome. But, um, but yeah, again, I truly take it was arrogance. Cause after that second round, I really thought, cause DC even asked his coach if he was, if he was losing the fight. I thought to me, that was wake weaker call that DC needed to really get back to the game plan. And unfortunately, that's not what happened. So, I personally feel that there was a lot of arrogance because I felt in the second round mainly and in the third round, a lot of time DC put his hands out. To me, it felt like DC thought, thought of leaving after this fight, thought of retiring after this fight, and thought what better way for me to stand there, bang it out, knock out this guy, and have my hands raised, finishing a man who was prior to me considered the greatest heavyweight of all time and really cementing his legacy and leaving the game on top. And again, this is a lot of speculation on my part, but I just couldn't help to feel I felt that right after the fight ended. I gave it a couple days, and I still feel the exact same way. I think arrogance caused DC this fight. Uh, He even said it himself. Brett Akamoto met with him in his locker room, and he said himself he was disappointed, but mainly disappointed for letting his coaches down for not implementing the game plan. And it was obvious. It was clear as you were watching that fight, and I just thought this was the wrong strategy for DC. And really, he paid the price. But with all that said uh, a lot of fighters were in attendance I'm sure many were there to see the Nate Diaz come back to see what he would do who he would call out and before I get to that the, um, but I'm sure for many uh, including Max Holloway many of these mixed martial artists have a deep respect for DC and what he's accomplished and uh, for who he is in the UFC and I think many felt that either this was going to be his last fight or that this should have been his last fight as I felt the same and I think many were in attendance to to uh, to not only witness what would have been what has been a great career but also you know to pay the respects to one of the one of the greatest mixed martial artists in the sport And, uh, for that, for that, I just want to say, I hope, I do hope DC retires. Um, it's never good when you see one of the all-time greats, uh, leave the way he did and through the whole media tour that they were putting up for this fight, uh, this past week, DC was on Ariel Aron's show and he talked about not wanting to leave, not wanting to leave the game, you know, on a loss, wanting to leave the game on top and, With this certainly not being the case, it will be interesting to see what decision D.C. is going to make. So uh, reports are D.C. intends to bring all his team together, including their families, including their loved ones, because he understands that his decision is a decision that will impact not just his coaches, but his coaches' family. As D.C. is one of of the best paid uh, fighters in the UFC. So he intends to bring them to to bring them together, have a dinner, and discuss uh, what will be next for for well, not just his, their careers as it impacts them as well. So we'll have to stay tuned on that and see what happens. But DC has had a great career, a great accomplished career. Uh, the only three losses he has on his records are against DPE. Who I've mentioned the greatest heavyweight of all time once and John Jones, who mainly called the greatest of all time though I don't respect, though I don't give him that title because of his history, because of his history of doping uh, mainly that history is of doping so so we'll have to see what happens on that um, I was a little disappointed, and again it, again for me it was just a disappointment for the, for the strategy that DC that DC employed during this fight the fight the fight itself was a great fight um congrats to stipe kind of happy to see him come to see him uh to see him back uh, as a champion uh i've been a fan of stipe and he is a bad man now interesting to see what will happen with that heavyweight uh, title i mean you talk about in i mean the two names we're hearing is in and John Jones. However they choose to do it, I think it makes uh, it makes for a great matchup. The UFC has been needing some amazing headlines there, some amazing cards because to be frank, since that ESPN deal uh, hasn't been that many cards to make me want to spend money on the UFC to be 100% frank. So So that's where we stand right now. Uh, in the cool main event, there was, of course, the return of Nate Diaz fighting Antonio, best nickname in the game, Showtime Pettis. Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, of uh, Pettis, uh, but can't deny Nate Diaz talent. Nate Diaz came back. It was interesting to see him run a bit out of gas after that first round. Clearly, it seems although he stays in the gym, although he continues to train, clearly it feels like that uh, the competition aspect of it, he happened not getting it, it took, him, took his body a little while just to get acclim- acclimated to it. Great three-round fight. We saw some great grappling. Um, but overall, Nate Diaz, the, you know, Nate Diaz looked great. He looked great. Uh, first round all the way through. Put up a great fight. It was a great fight between two great warriors and two great guys that I think might just be natural. The uh, 170 welter welterweight. So it'll be interesting to see where they stay as far as uh, as far as interesting to see where they stay as far as a uh, division. Uh, but I think it'd be great to see them stay right here at 170 and makes that and makes that division just probably most interesting and the deepest and most talented division in the UFC right now. Uh, after the fight, Nate Diaz called out Jorge Masvidal to the, to uh, I say to the crowd's approval, I must say, and not just the crowd, the world's approval, a hell of a fight. Uh, as he calls him out, he says he a gangster, but he ain't no West Coast gangster, so that's, I think, a fight everybody wants to see. I think many of us, including myself, thought Masvidal after his two fights, his two last fights, really put himself in contendership uh, discussions, and I think he deserved deservedly so. And now, of course, uh, after hearing what Masvidal had to say before UFC 241, speaking to the media, he only wants he only wants big fights and money fights and of course we know as it stands other than Conor McGregor the biggest payday is Nate Diaz so i can't wait for the UFC to set that up can't wait to see on which card that is because to be frank the UFC needs another goddamn great card i mean it's been t- it's been about goddamn time so We'll see. We'll see what, what happens there. But man, it makes for a great, uh, for a great fight for everybody to look forward to. Uh, the Street Jesus versus versus Nate Diaz uh, could headline a UFC card, or could be a co main event for another title shot. Great fight. Um, moving on. Yorah Romero fought Paulo Paulo Costa. Um, Paulo Costa won by unanimous decision. Again, another great fight. Two of the best at the middleweight division. The winner, of course, was expected and is expected to challenge the the winner of the unification uh, fight between Israel Adesanya and Michael Whitaker who had their press conference last week, which I was hoping to talk about in my last episode where I lost the audio again. And unfortunately, and uh, I have a lot to say about that press conference. But uh, but yeah, so uh, Dana White already said he's going to buy Paulo Costa his plane ticket to Melbourne for that Australia fight for UFC 243. By the way, I must say, this card, other than the main event, looks very bad, looks trash so far. So hopefully we get an announcement or two over the next week as to some other fights that they're putting up. Because again, that that card looks terrible as it stands, other than the headliner, which is really a big, big fight that a lot of us want to see. Um, but Paolo Costa won the fight by unanimous decision. I don't disagree. I was just surprised that it came as a unanimous decision. I believe all the judges had the had the at the, the had the same scorecard, which was very interesting to me. I thought it was a very close fight, an amazing fight between two of the best, actually the two scariest middleweights in the world. Um but again an amazing fight. Uh just gotta reiterate that UFC two forty one card, the best card of the year so far. Uh, all three fights, uh, all all three fights that I mentioned were amazing fights, great fights. If you're an MMA fan, you certainly get your money's worth. It was something amazing, beautiful. Uh, I don't know what else to say, because um, and I think part of the reason why I'm so excited and saying this with so much positivity is the fact that the UFC has really, really. Put up a, a, a subpar product since joining the UFC. The cards haven't been really exciting. They really piqued our interest with the main events and even with some of the fight nights. But I mean, I missed the the Kobe Covington uh, uh, f- fight on ESPN. Sorry, card on ESPN. Cause really, other than that main event, well, first of all, the fact that it, it it happened during the day kind of really threw me off, and second of all, other than that, other than that main event, there was nothing else on that card really to to make me wake up for, and the UFC has been really feeding us all these uh, trash, trash ass cards, and. Wanting, wanting us to go out there, and get ESPN app, get ESPN Plus, and then on top of that, pay for pay-per-view. That's just ridiculous to me, and I'm not. I mean, listen. Unless you put up three continuous cards that are close to the level of what I saw this past Saturday, uh, you're not gonna get that from me. But other than that, in that UFC card, we saw Devontae Davis, who's been, uh, who's been pretty much lights out Showtime since joining the UFC. And what we've seen is we've seen him be, we, I, we saw him get finished by his friend Kamal, sorry, can't remember his last name. But uh, great fight. I was pretty surprised. I thought Devonte Davis was really a star in the making in the UFC. I liked what I saw from him a lot. And I really thought he was going to be the showtime type of fighter. And it looks like he still has some ways to go. Still has some ways to go. A very young fighter. Very big prospect. Uh, looks like uh, still has a potential of the star. So time will tell how he bounces back from his first loss. Yeah, uh, We saw Super Sadiq uh, really came out and delivered. Great fight. Um, uh, really, a lot of great fights. A lot of great fights. Some new fighters that I, that I just... That I just... Uh, well finally really gotta gotta got claim it to. So, so uh again a great success for the UFC. Be interesting to see what what this means for them moving on. Uh next UFC card coming up, 242 in Abu Dhabi, Dustin Poirier is fighting Khabib um Looked at it very quickly. Again, not another impressive card, but just a fight that uh, real MMA fans, UFC fans, just uh, really excited and can't wait to see. So, uh, that I can't wait. That I can't wait. I believe September 7th is when it is going down. So... Um, of course, I don't think... I mean, look, I like Dawson Pryor. I like his story. Great journeyman in the UFC. But Khabib Nurmagomedov is simply, I think, to this day, the most dominant fighter in the UFC. So, that should be an exciting fight nonetheless. Uh, Khabib having fought, uh, uh, having not fought for over a year will be interesting to see how that really factors in. But we've seen him take long breaks and still be... The dominant force that he is, Uh, nobody has yet really been able to um, figure out Khabib. Uh, Many thought Connor had a great showing. I'm really annoyed by this. I feel that Connor gets away with many things. I think we are so caught up in the allure of Connor that when Connor gets dominated, we look to find. The silver lining in his performance. Everybody did so with Mayweather, and and they're now doing so with Khabib. Both, I felt that he got toyed and toyed and played around with, and we're sitting here acting like, oh, great job! You should be proud of yourself. No, you should realize that you are, there are levels to this, and you're just not up there. That's how I really feel. So, I'm really happy that Nate Diaz didn't call out Conor. I think. Knowing Nate Diaz, I, don't, I think Nate Diaz did not want to have his name always associated with Conor. So I'm actually quite happy to see, to see that hand up the way it is. And of course, I feel Dana White saying, "Oh, he didn't get a te- he doesn't know if he got a text from Conor," is just kind of funny. And I think it's just, I think it probably means he did not get a text from Conor. And I'm assuming Conor might be a little in his feelings realizing that the best UFC card of the year happened and his name wasn't really mentioned so maybe the tides are turning but we'll see so yeah so really the two other next card as I mentioned the Abu Dhabi card and the Melbourne card or the two next card are really the only two things left in the year that the UFC has, to me, that's of value. Uh, looking at the other cards, it doesn't really look good. Nothing really that exciting, and I'm starting to question. You know, well, not question really. I'm just starting. I'm just starting to realize that the UFC roster really. Maybe lacking talent over these last few, well, these last few months. But uh, one thing I do want to say that was very interesting I found is uh, as they are as they were as they were commentating prior to the prior to the card. Um, she in Sonnen. Um, Ariel Owani and then Triple C Henry Sohudo. Uh, we're discussing, and Sohudo calls out what he says is an easy fight, saying that he needs a tune up fight, that he's been getting great fights. And he called out the fr- fribble, friddle as he called them, and again, an easy fight, Dominic Cruz. That to me was shocking. Listen, I'm a big Dominic Cruz fan. In my mind, Dominic Cruz is still the champ. So, Henry Saudo lately has been calling everybody. He's crawled out Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, crawled out Valentina Chevchenko for the intergender uh, championship. Henry Saudo is doing a great job. He's, call- he's even calling himself the Cringe King Triple C. But overall, he's been doing a great job, I think, marketing himself, putting himself uh, out there and putting his name out there, keeping his name relevant over the last, I feel, month. And you know what? I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I'd love to see Dominic Cruz at Triple C. But the truth is, all he's doing right now so Hudo is putting a lot of options in front of us, and all of them exciting, all of them keeping that, keeping that, that, that division relevant. So we're going to have to see, man. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Just really wanted to touch on the UFC after a great event like this. Uh, I will try to bring out more episodes this week because I feel that I missed on a lot of things. A lot of things happening in the NFL. Antonio Brown, of course. Dallas got a few old doubts and some contract situations. NBA, the Marcus Cousin injury is really hurting me. What is next for the Lakers? Uh, Just just some of the few topics to talk about. But thank you guys again for coming in. Not this brightest or sunny as day out today. A little rainy. But still, hope you all have a great week. Great productive day. Thank you all again. Top of the morning. Deuces.